you know, it's interesting. It seems like daily, weekly, we get these talks about, you know, some sort of a breach, a cyber attack, somebody's been hacked, personal problems, that kind of thing. I, but I'm finding it gets enhanced during the Christmas season, at least for individuals worried about that kind of stuff. So I thought I'd tag Ian Patterson, who is the CEO of Pluralock, uh, to help us. He's always great with his time about what's going on in that world and maybe some advice for us. But I want to start with this. Ian, first of all, thanks for taking time with us. Always and, happy uh, to help. And I'll give you a big pat in the back. I, I, I was just looking at how your, avenue, uh, your revenues at Pluralock have been exploding here. I mean, I can't even do the math. Uh, you, you know, like I, I looked at like two years ago when you were sort of starting and you're getting, you got your first million dollars in annual revenue. Presto, I'm two years later and now I see it's $50 million. So you're doing something right over there. Well, I, I appreciate it, Mike. And it's always a pleasure to to help. Unfortunately, uh, the, it seems like the, the better the business does uh, is actually a reflection of just how dangerous the world is. Because uh, we are helping companies with their cybersecurity problems, and there are a lot of problems out there. Yeah, yeah, and I, I appreciate that very much. I was going to say the wor- the worse the world gets that way, and it is. I mean, is it or is that just my impression? As I say, because I can read headlines. You know, it feels like every day of the week where somebody got hacked or something happened. We hear, of course, uh, internationally at the at the geopolitical level uh, that cyber attacks are the new frontier for the third world war. Well, I think what's happening is that consumers and just the the average everyday person is more aware of, frankly, what has been happening uh, for many years. Uh, But I'll give you some statistics. In 2020, we saw more data records breached than in the last 15 years combined. And then from 2020 to 2021, we also saw an increase of cyber attacks hitting businesses. So from a quantification perspective, we are definitely seeing more. I think the other thing that we're seeing a lot is very notable or high profile attacks. And so if you fast forward uh, almost a year ago, we saw a a huge uh, breach with crypto.com that targeted over 500 people's cryptocurrency wallets, hackers stole uh, at that time, you know, millions, tens of millions of dollars of Bitcoin and Ethereum. We've seen banks like Flagstar Bank get attacked this past June. We've seen uh, whole counties and local governments be taken offline, including some school districts like like LA uh, School District that got hit September, October. So the, the attacks had always been there, but they are increasing and they're more noticeable and they're as as society becomes more digitally connected, it is impacting us in more direct ways. Yeah. Are you finding, though, the level? So if we're more aware, fair enough. And I'm, I am sure every time there is one of these big stories uh, comes out, you get more people saying to you, hey, can you help us out with our security needs that way? But still, how would you rank the level of sophistication in terms of understanding that risk? Uh, you know, are we still got a huge amount of companies and individuals just not appreciating how dangerous it is? I, I think that there's been a turning point sometime over the last two years. I've noticed that uh, everybody now realizes that cyber is a risk. I think a couple of years ago, uh, there might have been a sense of, well, that happens to other people. It doesn't happen to me. I, I think that that has changed, at least from from my viewpoint, although certainly being in the business, I'm a bit biased. I think, though, that what what hasn't yet occurred is to do something about it. And so we still talk to a lot of businesses and government agencies who are just beginning their cybersecurity journey to get safe. 
Um, and it's possible that they're doing so because they're required to either by regulation like GDPR in Europe, CCPA, California, uh, or it also could be that that there's some partner of theirs or supplier. So I'll give you another statistic. In the first part of 2021, Canadian cybersecurity insurance providers paid out more in damages than they collected in premiums. Now, what that means in practice is that if you had cyber insurance or you want to get cyber insurance, guess what? You have to do a lot more now to get it than you did a year or two years ago. And that's causing purchase behavior. That's driving purchase behavior to to purchase cybersecurity software and hardware. Yeah, it's interesting on that score is because the insurance companies don't want to, you know, insure somebody who they think is an open door, you know, who aren't doing anything, you know, because they just realize that's a claim waiting to happen. Absolutely. It, it's all about risk. And cybersecurity is a form of risk in your business. And if you uh, ad- adopt the right uh, processes, if you put the right protections and controls in place, you have a chance at minimizing that risk. But it's not binary. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always surprised when people think, well, if I, if I buy antivirus, uh, I am suddenly safe. Well, first of all, viruses were a threat 15, uh, you know, 10 years ago. Now we have much more sophisticated threats, although viruses do still exist. Um, but the, the, the challenge is if you bought that antivirus software, you have to keep it, but you also have to add the new defenses against the emerging threats. So it's a it's a very dynamic industry and it's it's part of the, the opportunity that we see ahead of us. Well, let's talk about individuals, because as I say, again, maybe the, the time of year people are, are worried about some problem with, you know, <laughs> I mean, we all remember those times when people didn't want to put their, uh, you know, their visa card over the internet, that kind of stuff, uh, worried about pa- passwords and all of that. Where are we at with that right now? I mean, are individuals also coming up? Because uh, as I say, I noticed this time of year, it seems to be concerns are enhanced. I think that that's actually a good thing. I think the fact that concerns are enhanced means that people are paying attention and people want to do the right thing. But I'll tell you, just just a couple of weeks ago, I actually got an email from a shareholder um, who was asking for personal advice, and and they had gotten uh, uh, some very suspicious text messages uh, that uh, that went to their phone. It seemed like there had been an, an issue. Now, thankfully, we we talked through it, and and the person's bank accounts were all safe. Um, but it's challenging because individuals don't have the level of resources that businesses do. And so uh, unless you have a, a go-to friend or, or person you can call, it can be quite intimidating because uh, there's a lot of conflicting advice out there. And, and folks don't always necessarily know what, what they need to do today to stay safe. That might be different from a year or two years ago. Well, you just mentioned one, uh, at least I'm going back a little bit, but not that far where the worry was about, uh, you know, these sort of bogus emails that you get. And I, I was the victim of one that was, I couldn't believe how sophisticated it was in terms of getting me to open the, the attachment. You know, it, it came from a, a recognizable uh, a friend who had obviously been hacked, but it was a subject matter that was right on to something I had actually been talking to that person about. You know, so it, oh, okay, they want more information on this, and now they've moved into text messages uh, in the last while, and I think still a lot of people aren't aware of that. They get the text message and they don't know how dangerous it is. So you're absolutely correct, and you are you are right. These are very convincing emails. So th- there's two different ways the emails can work. The first is they have a, an email that looks like somebody you've been corresponding with, but maybe uh, there's a one letter off in the domain name. Uh, that they use to send the email. So if you skim it really quick, it looks like, sure, this is a legitimate email. 
uh, and 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 go from there. Or it might also be that either there's there's malware or there's a more advanced intruder who's taken over your friend's uh, email. And so it is a legitimate email. It's coming from their real account. It's just not the person that you think it is. Um, and then in the contents of those emails, sometimes they'll also use uh, past passwords uh, that you may have uh, used on some service that got compromised a couple of years ago. And that password now is 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 available on the dark web. And the way that, that the bad guys can use it is they can send you an email and say, listen, I've compromised your accounts. To prove it, here is the password. Now, what you don't know is that actually they've compromised some other service. They seem to have gotten the password and then they use that as, as a form of social engineering. It's a, it's a form of proof. Look, I've got you. Here's, here's something sensitive. And then they ask you for, for either to conduct actions or they ask you to send certain things. But it is extremely convincing. Um, and that's just the level, that's an indication anyway of the level of threat uh, uh, that these adversaries now face. Well, I hope I'm scaring people here. Because as I say, I was a victim once and it was really phenomenally inconvenient and worse. So let me come back to passwords then. Give us the latest on what we should do with our passwords. I mean, at first we had a password, then they became a little more sophisticated, and then we were supposed to change them, et cetera. What's the latest on, if I want to protect myself, what's the latest on my passwords? Well, it used to be that the advice was to change your passwords frequently. And, and what that actually caused is that nobody could remember their passwords anymore. And so they, <laughs> they ended up creating very easy to to. Uh, remember passwords, and then they would change one digit or, or something. The, the industry as a whole no longer recommends that anymore. Um, the better thing to do is to use a unique password for every site and service that you use. So that means if you use uh, Dropbox, let's say, as, a, as an example, and, and Dropbox gets compromised and, and attackers steal that password, they can't reuse that password on any of the other services that you might, uh, that you might be on. Um, so try and use unique passwords. And really only if you have a reason to do so, if you think or see that there's something suspicious happening at that point, use that to trigger a, a, a replacement or a changing of passwords. But the better thing to do is use a long password, make it unique for each service. And then to make it easier for yourself, try and use some sort of password manager. You can use a third party one. You can use one built into your operating system or built into your browser. I don't, it, to me, the, the, the specific product doesn't matter. It's just the practice of using something which allows you to keep those unique passwords, keep them safe, keep them convenient for you. That is actually a much better thing to do than to be changing your passwords regularly. Well, what about this is that I, I go, okay, so here's 10 uh, 10 different services that require a password and they're essential. Like my bank would be an obviously an obvious one, but then I've got other passwords. I couldn't care less if somebody had it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it might be to a subscription service and they're unrelated. Am I crazy? Uh, you know, at that point uh, that, that I would divide the essential stuff I could not have ripped off or I don't want anyone party to, but I have stuff, you know, you, you sign into a lot of things that I don't care about. I, I think that the the challenge with that is it's, it, it requires decision and humans get decision fatigued having to remember, mm -hmm. well, is it, or do I consider this a sensitive service? Do I not consider this a sensitive service? I think the easier rule of thumb that most people um, can do without thinking too much is just use a different password for everything. And again, make it easier on yourself. Use the technology that's there. Yes, in some regards, if you use a password manager, you are centralizing your passwords in one spot. So that that does create some risk. Security is always a trade-off. That's just the way it is. 
But in on the grand scheme of things, if you can if you can make use of unique passwords for every service, then you don't really have to worry about is this a sensitive site, is it not, or does that change over time? So, for instance, you might be testing a an email service or a cloud backup service. You don't think it's sensitive because there's nothing in there, but fast forward two years, you've got all kinds of financial documents in there. It becomes sensitive, uh, and and now you sort of have a problem. So, strong recommendation: use unique passwords, use password managers, and also turn on wherever possible. Turn on either two-factor authentication, uh, or what's what's shortened to be two FA or multi-factor authentication. That's where you're requiring not just a password, but something else, some other form of authentication, like a text message like a USB key, uh, like like something else um, to say, listen, even if somebody does steal my password, even though it's unique, even though it's encrypted, even if that does happen, you have some other backup form of, of, of proving your identity that should keep you safe. You know, it's one of those subjects I deal with a lot in you know, people's finances, et cetera. And it reminds me, there's a few subjects that people just put off, but are so key. I'll give you an example is a will. I recommend that anybody who's got a dependent, it's good to have a will no matter what, <clears throat> especially when you have any dependents whatsoever, you've got to have an up-to-date will, but a lot of people don't. This is one of those in that category for me. You know, wait till you have a problem, then you will spend the next 48 hours wishing you had done something, you know, <laughs> because th these problems really are huge and they can be just straight financial. Someone's ripped you off, but they can cause a lot of other ripple effects. Don't wait till that hits you. I'm just thinking you're giving great advice and seriously, great advice for me. I'm going back. I'm, I'm getting off the air here and I'm going to go and start dealing with this. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's just that important. Uh, last thing, though, quickly, Ian, we look at the Christmas season. We look at shopping online. Is this come back to the same thing if I'm giving, uh, you know, just make sure what I'm doing is unique? I think so. And and I think that most sites that you're going to go to are safe. So don't worry about putting your credit card number into, into Amazon, for instance. Everything has risk, of course, but there's also risk in, in going physically to shopping malls to buy things. So you got to you got to get out there and live your life. You know, I think that the, the comment about the will is, is a good one. The, the digital equivalent of that is backups. So we've we've stressed passwords and using unique passwords. I think the other major thing that consumers can do is to use some sort of cloud backup service. Um, again, doesn't matter which one. Use Microsoft, use Dropbox, use Box. You know, it doesn't matter. Just use something. Try and keep your files safe so that if your physical device, if something happens to that, if it, if the house burns down, if there's a, a break-in and, and your physical device gets stolen, at least you have some sort of backups. Now, this can help you also to uh, combat ransomware. So the way that ransomware works is is basically there's a there's a piece of malware that gets run on your device. Um, those those files that you need, those financial documents, etc., they get encrypted, and they are held for ransom. Hence the name. Um, and so you can mitigate a lot of the damage from that if you have backups if they're stored somewhere secure, like in the cloud. Again, it's it's very easy to just turn these services on, and it really provides a, a strong peace of mind. Exactly the same way that a will does. Well, as usual, great stuff for us. I hope people are listening clearly. And, uh, you know, you need a hobby, take care of your cybersecurity, whether you're in business or an individual. Ian Patterson is CEO of Pluralock, P-L-U-R on the exchange, Pluralock. Ian, thanks very much. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Thanks, Mike. You as well.